Hey everybody, welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Omaze. I am working with Omaze to put together an experience that is super cool that you can win. Right, get this. There is a thing called Adventure Drives. It's happening this summer in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to be driving 1,900 miles from Seattle to Jackson Hole on some of the most beautiful roads ever. I'm doing it. I'm driving a Lamborghini Urus, and you can win a trip all expenses paid, We're talking about flights, hotels, meals, and a C8 Corvette to drive with a $1,000 gas car. That's what I'm talking about. Adventure Drives with me, brand new Corvette with a gas card. All of it is to benefit uh, Team Rubicon, which is a fantastic charity. I highly suggest you take a look at what they do. They uh, they really help with disaster relief. They employ veterans in disaster relief scenarios, keeping them in action of sorts and using those skills acquired in the military uh, as opposed to you know going back to being like an accountant or whatever. Uh, it's taking advantage of those untapped resources in a great way. And uh, it's Rob Ferretti's deal. He's our old friend. And um, it's going to be awesome. So go to omaze.com slash the smoking tire. That's O M A Z E.com slash the smoking tire to enter and win this fabulous trip. And every donation supports Team Rubicon. It's amazing. Omaze.com slash the smoking tire. We are also brought to you by Auto Tempest. Listen, doesn't matter if you make a little bit of money for a living or a lot of money for a living, your time is worth money and you don't want to waste it, right? You know, it's it's one thing to be working. Work is okay. And to do work to find something you want is okay. But what you don't want to do is double work. And autotempest.com prevents you from doing double, triple, quadruple, quintuple work, right? All these used car sites, you gotta enter the same search card criteria over and over and over. You're digging through the same listings over and over because people, you know, they list cars in multiple places. Auto Tempest brings all of that to one place, right? You fill out one search field and it looks across the entire internet for the car you're looking for. Doesn't matter whether doesn't matter whether you're browsing or really looking to buy, checking out the market, or selling, Auto Tempest is there for you, and it helps you look nationally uh, to find the best car for you. It compares those results with Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, and Auto Trader. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome site, and they've been with us for a long time. AutoTempest.com should be your first destination because it'll save you the most time, and therefore, it'll save you money before you even find the car. That's what I'm talking about, folks. All right, on this episode of the podcast, my friend Christian James Hand is calling us from quarantine in Hollywood. We're going to be talking about music, uh, best songs for driving, best songs for quarantine. We're talking about audio equipment, uh, speakers and hi-fis and all kinds of nerdy shit like that, and maybe even a little bit about cars too. Christian James Hand is on the Smoking Tire Podcast. And they are looking at Christian James Hand live from Hollywood. What's happening? Uh, let my hair go since the, uh, man, it's been, wow. It's been so long that you actually look like the singer from Def Leppard. Uh, Can you imagine? Joe <laughs> I mean, Elliot? Joe, oh, Joe Elliot. I wish I could have got the name. You look halfway Sorry. between Joe Elliot and Joe Exotic, I can, right? I can now. smell oh, the hair net so from hot. here. <laughs> I can smell oh, God. the hair net. It's like the bad night with the transvestite. And that's so better. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. 
Happy fucking Wednesday. What day is it? It's Wednesday, right? No, yeah, it's Tuesday. It's no. Tuesday. No, it's Monday. It's Monday. Monday. It doesn't even matter. Jesus. Now God. that it everyone. Well, see, look, this is what it's like to be us normally. And you corrected yeah. him wrong. I we did. Don't... <laughs> I, I, I messed up two What's conference wrong calls with you? today. It's not Wednesday. It's Tuesday. No. Christian Hand only needs to know what day it is one fucking day a week to show up at the radio <laughs> station. Very true. It's the Monday. And the rest of us, for me and Zach, there are seven days in a week, and some of those days we work. And other of those days we don't and it doesn't matter if it's a weekend or a weekday to us it just doesn't so matter today i was like i'll see you guys on that conference call at two they went that's tomorrow and i was right. like what about the other one they went that almost canceled i was like okay well i feel like the rest <laughs> of the world is learning what it's like to be us right now and have days not mean anything meaningless my wife would give me shit for not knowing what day it is for the last five years and I would take it so personally I thought it was the weed like oh I'm a piece of shit whatever <laughs> now she's been sitting at home for three weeks she's like what day is it I don't even know I'm like see that's what happens yeah. when you don't go to an so office gets you. the only thing that matters is whatever day Chick-fil-A is closed Sunday yeah. uh, the day, of, the day yeah, they close for Jesus because yeah, Jesus fucking hates fried chicken yeah. <laughs> hates <does>. it <laughs> Christian. Yes, sir. How's your apartment smell? Oh, it's great, dude. My apartment's always clean and, and bright and smelling great. Christian's been self-quarantining in Hollywood, uh, yes. which is only about 14 miles from us, but it might as well be fucking Mars right uh, now. But what, what you got kind of like, you got like a lung infection late last year, and so you're like terrified to go out now, though, right? Yeah, I was in the ER three times last summer with that thing, and I'm really nervous about getting it. Uh, rightly so. So Indo, you know, Indo for you with all we, those fucking CDs we, behind you and re are those records yeah. or CDs. We give you shit, but we love. I Thanks, don't give you shit. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm concerned. The, yeah, I mean the thing is, it's just you know, like it's what everybody's going through. You have a mixed bag of anxieties. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Do you yeah. think your bright orange murder red floor is giving you anxiety? That's very clockwork orange. Look that is. That, man. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool, and it's also that'll drive you nuts. Yeah. And then, no, and then there's orange. Christian's well, spot orange is like very Hollywood. It's got all the Hollywood colors. It's got the records and the guitars on the wall. It's ready to go. I mean, it's it's really awesome. But I feel like if I stared at that floor for three weeks straight by myself, I would just I would just start well, has, writing you'll poetry. Notice, so it has the it's got a red floor, but then an orange wall, and then the room is divided with the orange. You're literally inside of a blood orange. Yeah, <laughs> and if you come here, the kitchen is. Um, you see the new waveform? Nice. What's that? Oh, yeah. Is that... Look at uh, that with the red background. What is that a waveform of? That's the drum fill from In the Air Tonight. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my buddy uh, Chris Purveyance does them. Uh, you can check him out on the Instagrams. He does those as gifts for people if you want him, uh, your, favorite, your friend's favorite sound wave converted into a beautiful piece of art. Is that like Very a close. laser cut wood thing? But, yeah, so that replaced it. That's the, the version 2.0. I have the the laser cut racetracks on my wall, but the music note is a very good uh, like equivalent of that. It I is. like that. It is. It's that's our our tooth passions. You uh, you uh, uh, Christian has the funniest waveform tattoo as well. Which what is the app you actually scan that waveform with? Um, it's called uh, Sound something or other. I'm, he's gonna be so pissed that I don't remember what it is. Oh, uh, in the shit. <laughs> It's my friend. It's oh, you're it's such my a buddy, shit uh, pitch my man, buddy Nate Sigurd, and uh, mine. It's right there. When you use the app and you play it, it uh, mine actually is a Rickroll. It's uh, <laughs> never gonna give you. That's one. funny. <laughs> it's, it's very quality. But you really, how much do you have to trust your tattoo artist for that though? 
Uh, well, they they you try it when you get it. They have to program it all. So <laughs> okay, cool. You, you could you could pull something shifty when they leave, and you could change it, which would be the even better Rick Roll. But that would be no, super evil. But it's not yeah. like getting like a kanji tattoo where you've really got to take the person's no. fucking. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fairly sure this one says like tacos or something. Like I don't think it. <laughs> I don't think it says accomplish at all. To be honest. Well, you need you need a scanner somewhere that would scan the waveform on the arm and then play the song. That's what it does. That's it does? what the app what it does. does. Yeah. Oh, it does. It'd be, so it'd be funny yeah. if the tattoo artist changed everyone else's to Rick Roll and then truly Rick Rolls them. <laughs> I'm like God damn, this is supposed to be greatest. Adele. Yeah, no, you actually pull up like a uh, like a QR code thing. Oh, okay. And it fucking scans I'm try it. To find it's, it. Hold on, it's hysterical. Oh, this is oh no, don't. Bold. You can't use your phone for more than one thing. Don't get Christian. fancy. Don't get fucking skin, fancy on it's this. It's called uh, it's called skin motion. Skin motion, boy, yeah, could that be go. misinterpreted go ahead, badly? Go ahead and Google <laughs> that on your parents' computer. Yeah. <laughs> Clear no, your history, kids. Uh-huh. That sounds like the name of a boat that a swinger owns. No, it sounds like lube or that. Yeah. Um, Have you tried the new uh, skin lotion 2.0? Oh yeah, dude, it's great stuff. It's what? skin motion. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I, I still agree. I still agree with Vinny. <laughs> Good point. What uh, what music have you been listening to all by your lonesome in your quarantine? Well, that's so that sucked. So my uh, this is my this is my listening um, when I sit down system, and my preamp just went belly up. Oh a no! Week, a week ago, so I had to buy a new one, which arrived two days ago. So I've finally been able to lie on my floor and listen to vinyl and CDs. So today was um, Suzanne Vega's Solitude Standing record. Prior to that was the Immaculate Fools, and I just finished listening to um, the uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, whatever it was called. Interesting variety. Oh, uh, it's awesome to be able to listen to music as you like. It's because my the system over here that makes the music, the robot, it's not as comfortable to sit and listen to music on. So I get to lie down and just bathe in it, which is really nice. And this preamp is—I was just texting my dad. Might be the best preamp i've ever owned it's a krell and it's amazing uh, alex roy asked us asked you to uh, show your stereo yeah, <laughs> yeah alex, alex, would like i, I wanted to, to get a stereo. macintosh but the prices were a little bit out of my uh they were out of out of the price range so eventually alex has like a dozen of them laying around his house so what, he just wants what, to see it. what kind of equipment is on that stack it's a krell preamp and it's yeah so this is a krell preamp mm-hmm this is just a Rotel CD player, DVD player, but it's really nice. This, of course, is a Techniques 1200, and these are Genelec studio monitors because nice. they're the same ones I mix on, so that way I'm constantly imprinting what they sound like into my head so that when I mix, I'm, I can have a reference that's automatic. That, san- that system doesn't look all that fancy. Sh- I mean, no offense, but it doesn't look super no. fancy schmancy. It looks like no, pretty, pretty mellow. Well, that's the problem is when you have one of these, this is where all the money goes. Whoa. Yeah, he's yeah. pointing to the other, for the radio people, he's pointing to his, like, recording studio, basically, yeah, like, with, like, like this shit thing is everywhere. Where all the money goes, unfortunately. How do you, yeah, how do you, like, feel? ten huge speakers and, like, mixing board and all kinds of fun toys over there? <laughs> yep. Gear for days. But, you know, your it's regular, great. like, listening setup, you don't have to, like, do you have to place the chair in the exact position like, Some of those knobheads do. I don't. It's just comfortable to wherever you like. You you want to be in an equilateral triangle to the speakers. So yeah, the speakers right. should be equal to one each other, and then your head should be equal to the middle of that triangle, and that's when they sound best. The first time I ever went into someone's crib and they had one of those 
they had some fucking speakers. They looked like they were alien spacecraft, basically, and they were crazy looking, like six feet tall. And he goes, you got to sit right here. And I go, oh, yeah. He's like, no, no, it has to be right here. And I was like, I fucking hate you. (laughs) So dumb. Are you telling me you spent $80,000 in a stereo that works on one square foot of your room? Did you move around (laughs) it? Did you test it? Yeah. You can tell the difference. You can. Yeah, it doesn't sound as good. Yeah, it's the most pretentious thing. It's It's the BAC mono of stereos. Like, this is for me. And only me. <laughs> but you have to add in a certain level of respect when you go to a concert to the guys that are mixing the sound at a concert for you to get decent sound over an entire concert soundstage. To be able to do that, knowing how sensitive you know put speaker placement is, it's got to be kind of cool when you start to look into it that way. I, I assume that's yeah. why the speakers point in every direction, right? Yeah. Like big concerts, Christian, you probably speak to that better. It's a it's a nightmare. The best sounding show i've ever been to was uh bon Iver at um at both the hollywood bowl and he played at the universal amphitheater before it closed down and it was so fucking good that i actually went and hunted the front of house guy down and i was like that sounded amazing and clearly nobody had ever done that before because he had like shock and a shit <laughs> but it was immaculate, immaculate well so sound. when you see so like is that because the band wanted it that way is that because that front of house guy was amazing is that because the venue had an amazing system like where does that like when you see a band that has like sound that's so far above everyone else like where does that root come from it's all of those things in one like generally most big you know bands are bringing their own pa so they've designed it specifically like the last bon Iver tour he was doing this 360 audio thing that was incredible um so sometimes like there are venues that just suck like the old forum was fucking terrible it was like an aircraft hangar uh the universal amphitheater was beautifully constructed it was beautifully designed the hollywood bowl is difficult the greek is really lovely so the fact that the dude got an amazing show at the hollywood bowl because i've i've walked out of more shows at the bowl than i've stayed at i walked out of florence and the machine because i just couldn't fuck it was atrocious really they're awesome too if they sound like shit then you've really got a problem they sounded great at coachella (laughs) yeah i was like really disappointed well because coachella is like flat i mean the bowl is outdoors which is already difficult as was coachella but the bowl goes up are bowls bad i thought bowls were good bowls are bad i mean you got to remember the the original Hollywood Bowl was designed when you know PA systems were not what they are in this day and age. So they've you know that's why the new forum sounds so much better than the old forum. Interesting. Because they went in and spec'd it. Wait, but you in know? general, like, but I thought like outdoor amphitheaters in general are good for no. sound. Is that they're they're bad? Nightmare. Oh. The sound goes straight up and out. Like playing on stage in an outdoor arena is one of the worst experiences you'll ever have. Oh, really? But oh, I never thought about that. Now, back in the day, I'm talking like Greek times, they, they, when they didn't have PA systems. I mean, didn't they design those because oh, yeah. it, as a big speaker? And then so yep. like, you know, so when you get into a bowl, it's kind of designed that same way and then add a PA to it. That's got to right. be part of what fucks it up. Yes. I mean, like the old amphitheaters, like if you go to old you know theaters in the round in england where you could or old churches where you yeah. could whisper on stage and yeah. hear it all the way at the back of the church yeah is because those dudes were like inherently geniuses at designing that stuff yeah. but then and the problem throw- with most of the places we go to now is they're designed for multiple different things it's a sports arena it's monster trucks it's fucking <laughs> concerts so isn't you know? um if you are like a band that was just fucking a baller band. If you're the Rolling Stones or whatever, do you think you might have like a separate 
PA setup for those outdoor type gigs? Oh yeah, you bring your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, that's why when you <laughs> see some of those old tours, they'd have like seventeen, uh, eighteen wheelers because it oh, was the yeah. whole PA like the, the wall whole of sound, thing is, right? Everything is brought. Wasn't so that, that a thing? The wall of sound that was a thing, right? The Grateful Dead, man. That yeah. that yeah. PA was insane. <laughs> Yeah, the Grateful so Dead wall. Let me ask you this: in, <laughs> in, in your we got the picture, right? we got the picture. Wow, up, yeah. it's yeah. almost oh, yeah, no, it's it looks like nuts, fucking dude. Spinal Tap. It looks like yeah. you're looking at a joke. <laughs> but the thing that's crazy about that PA is the dude that designed it. It's not stereo. It's actually one huge wall that monos where everybody is on the stage to you straight out to the crowd. So it actually had a complete purpose. And even though it was a fucking nightmare to set up. By all accounts, the sound of it was extraordinary when it worked, and half the time it didn't work. I mean, this is, for people listening, it's like, imagine a stage, and from one end to the other is literally covered with speakers. Uh, Some of the systems are (laughs) four to eight speakers tall. Then there's a second story (laughs) on scaffolding, the same number of speakers from end to end. I mean, some of these are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different amps stacked on each other. And there's like like ten different kinds of speakers. It's not like a unit form thing it's like there's right. all different brands and sizes and like all kind of crazy shit on this stack and he, so he handpicked each of those to do a specific job and the real what? nightmare is when you see behind it the way that it's all wired together oh, Jesus. Oh, that's gotta be fun! <laughs> Wait, so yeah. dude, that guy's roadies wanted to fucking pull their hair out every single day. Like, imagine being on drugs and trying to yeah, set yeah, this yeah. Up. like on the best acid, by the way, on the really good, good really stuff. good drugs. <laughs> and wait, and the band would set up entirely in front of that wall and play yep. in front of that wall. And that was the crazy thing was that. Usually you would get feedback from that, but this thing was so incredibly dialed by the dude that made it that it didn't feed back. Because usually that's why things feed back, right? The monitor, the speaker goes right into the microphone and then back out to itself, so it becomes a loop. The pictures of it. It didn't feed back. And even, oh, I guess in the outdoor venues, because to go back to our early point, Zach got a picture. They they pretty much raised the entire thing up above the band. So the whole thing is elevated. Wow. So Christian, let me Craziness. Ask, all this for the Grateful Dead. It's not <laughs> like this is Slayer. It's just like <laughs> this is for fucking the guys going, John's This is for like How a band with you. nuance. It's like Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I wanted to hear every single <laughs> So in your opinion, Christian, what band do you think cares about the sound quality of their live performances the most like that puts the most time into exactly what we're talking about like you go to see them in a you know at a concert and like you know they're the ones that the what band do you think has you know has the most into their sound quality at, at, at concerts now i really honestly think it's bonavere because of what they did with that yeah. last with that last tour Roger Waters with his stuff with the with the the quadraphonic thing that he does like he does surround sound for the the wall shows that yeah. he does. Um, obviously Pink Floyd when they were out, but I mean Peter Gabriel cared so much that he paid to have his own PA developed. Wow! So oh, really? That, you know, like once you get to that level, if you're really nerdy about it, you know, like you really most of those places give a shit. Or most of those bands give a shit. Paying to have your own PA developed. Yeah, Man, let's yeah, talk about how expensive fucking that it, is. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Like, Turbo Sound was actually servos that moved the speakers in and out. It wasn't like no a way. cone, like a regular thing. It was actually motors. Turbo Sound, it's called? Turbo Sound, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, when we <laughs> toured with them, it was mind blowing. I couldn't believe how good that PA sounded. I mean that. I mean, it already. It just it already. If you're developing something and they allow you to use the term turbo sound, <laughs> it's got to it's got to live up to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the you know those lights that you see when you go and they they like on motors and they do all different colors and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. They're called very lights. Genesis actually helped pay for the development of the very light because they wanted to be able to have mind blowing you know visuals. That's so awesome. What other bands yeah. helped like make make crazy developments in stage gear like that? Like we talked oh. on the last show, I forget who we were talking to. But we talked about Jonathan Davis's HR Geiger microphone stand, oh, yeah. one of my yeah. favorite pieces of stage equipment. Yeah. What else? What um, else would go on that list? Well, one that was really, really smart is uh, Iron Maiden. So Iron Maiden, with a like, realized very quickly that they were, you know, like renting PA's to do these shows, and they were doing these massive tours, and they were like, "Why the fuck? Why do we keep fucking doing that?" So what they did was they basically built their own sound company, used their own gear, and then when they weren't on the road, they rented it out to all the other bands, and it paid for itself within a year. That's very smart. Which is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of those kind of things where you realize that you can, you know, offset your costs by renting gear out to other people. And they have a uh, – it's called Britannia Row, I think, is the name of the company and the, the equipment manufacturer uh, – the equipment loan. I mean, I'd be kind of boss if I was in, like, another band and be like, fuck yeah, let me get Iron Maiden's amps. Right? Shit's probably work good. Yeah, <laughs> they're, well, they're loud. The other, <laughs> like, the other thing that's amazing about Maiden is that Bruce Dickinson is a pilot, and they have their own 747, and he flies the gear from yeah. show to show to show in the 747. Yeah, oh, that's wow. a that's a cool gig. I like that. That's a that's a cool uh, little fact. Doesn't the, doesn't the the plane have a cool name too? Yeah. What's yeah, it called? Six six six. Yeah, that's it. Whatever, yeah. ha whatever I, happened to the offspring? It's not. It's not a small plane. It's yeah. like a. It's a Boeing. It's, it's not a it's Gulf. It's a Boeing, dude. It's a seven forty seven. It's not. It's not a seven forty seven. I think it's a. Oh, the old one was. Yeah. I think it's a fifty seven or sixty seven. But it's yeah. fucking big. Whatever. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a private jet, dude. No, it's like it's, a real thing. Yeah, it's really big. Didn't. What, who's the other guy that had a private jet? Was it Offspring that had the black jet with the anarchy symbol on the end? He, Dexter Holland is yeah. also a pilot. Yeah, Dexter mm. Holland's like the C DL, the most interesting person fucking on earth. Who's more no interesting, Brian May or Dexter Holland? It would be a ner a pretty big nerd off. Oof, that's a massive nerd off. I mean, the difference being that Brian May is like what he's into like astrophysics, astrophysics and sh uh, or astronomy, but isn't Dexter like a fucking genetic? I think he's like microbiology like or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah, they're both we, we they're did, both engineering nerdy. We yeah. did an outdoor yeah. uh, concert called Livestock at 98 Rock when I worked at the radio station, and Offspring played, and he he buzzed the outdoor like because he was playing the next day, and we had it was like a two day concert. He he buzzed like I it couldn't have been legal because he went right over the venue. Obviously, it was his plane. And it I was, was inverted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> punk rock yeah so the next day we were all like dude that was badass he's like yeah you gotta make an entrance i was like oh you did i think was Jesus. it was it fucking drake i think it was he has drake has a plane called air drake <laughs> it's oh, also boeing that's creative I know. and he was flying around because didn't uh what canadian sports team was it the raptors didn't they win something something they were in, like and they were he was flying laps around dude, the how much money stadium. does drake make drake just bought drake a like, hundred million money. dollar house in fucking oh, canada dude. drake has a lot of money so much money, man. Look Something how big that fucking scene. plane is, dude. That new video. 
<laughs> oh my god air that... drake oh is boy. real big yeah dude look is how big that shit is air drake's like a 757 dude. oh my god that's insane it yeah i just out... read an article that he has like a like a sixty thousand square foot house yeah. in fucking canada yeah well it's in i mean you know yeah. canadian so, dollars so it's only like 45 yeah dude the iron maiden though the flying your own band's gear around is pretty gangster it's gangster with, yeah. with Eddie on the tail, fucking, it's just insane. Oh yeah, there's the. In, you gotta. I don't know if you can see this, Christian, but the interior of Air Drake looks like. Uh, if you have set foot on board, uh, please buckle up because in 20 minutes everyone's gonna be fucking. Yeah, it's it is. It's basically a flying champagne room. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ooh, I wouldn't sit on that couch without pants on. Yeah. No way. Oh, I'd love to get a UV light in that in that thing. Um, <laughs> Jackson Pollock oh painting. God. Uh, but it's, <clears throat> anyway, I want to circle back to fucking speakers for a second. Those yeah. headphones that. I tried on at your show in yeah. Hollywood were the first set of anything in a really long time where I was like, oh, oh, this is a something I haven't fucked with before. Yeah. What was different about those headphones that made them so special? So those are made by a great company called Odyssey, A-U-D-E-Z-E. -E, and instead of it being like a round cone like regular speakers are, it's actually a flat plane with copper wire running through it that's thinner than a human hair so the whole speaker moves in and out in a complete plane so it generates the whole sound wave instead of the sound wave being generated by the round thing moving in and out it's a plane that pushes and they're open-backed which is why hannah said you couldn't use them on a plane yeah but yeah because they're open-backed the the there's no compression from the speaker itself from the from the you know the actual form of the thing, it's moving the air outside too. I'm gonna get you a pair of those because they're fucking amazing. They were you just wild. Get high and listen to them in the house. Yeah, no, because you were like, you were like, yeah, you hear things you you never heard before in oh, like yeah. live, and I was like, yeah, right, you fucking hear things you never heard before. <laughs> and then I put them shits on and I was like, oh, oh, hang on, Wait, what <laughs> what is that guitar part I just heard? Like, what the fuck is that? I heard crazy things I'd never heard before. Wait, which, was it your uh, Pearl Jam? It was we were listening to live Pearl Jam, yeah. But it, but then Hannah was like sitting next to me, and she was like, "Yeah, asshole, I heard all that shit too." <laughs> yeah, I mean um, that's the thing is you can't use them around people if you're gonna be on a plane. But they weren't four thousand dollars. Zach just pulled up a pair that's four thousand dollars. Is that right? That's of the, the yeah. So Odyssey has a, a a line that starts with four grand, and then that's the amazing thing about this new line is that. They're 400 bucks, and they can power off of your cell phone, which is incredible because usually those speakers require – those headphones require a, a power amp to be able to move them because the, the plane takes up so much power. So the fact that they managed to get them to power off of a cell phone is uh, an incredible, like, leap in technology. So for 400 bucks, you can get them – fucking you can finance them for no interest for like 30 bucks a month and it's the best money you can spend if you're looking for like a headphone experience they're this incredible is, but is, the ones i tried on were 400 not 400 oh, yeah. okay yeah zach just yeah. pulled up something else they make that was like four thousand yeah. that was yeah little... that's the top of the line they're five grand is the top of the line like four thousand they, they do the similar technology for like home speakers too like i mean yep. like you know you could do the, those are the big tall they're super thin yep. I mean, yeah, I've, I've I've heard them. It's it is they're, they're pretty amazing. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. If you're I super have them. Uh, musically nerdy, like, would you say if you had to choose between dope home stereo and dope pair of headphones, what would you go with? Ooh, are, are, I think are, are it would they, depend on where they I totally live. different worlds. I mean, I would I would have to do dope home stereo. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, unless you don't have the, you know, if, if you're in an area where like you can't play the stereo properly, like, you right. know, in, in your in your apartment or you just don't have the room to tune, because if you're buying speakers that expensive, then you're going to have to tune the whole system acoustically to, your, to that room for it to sound right. Or you're just gonna, so you can sit in one square foot. Yeah, so you can just sit in one square foot. The, the difference with the, <laughs> with the head, a good set of headphones is you can wear them anywhere. Right. But, True. you know, you can also lose them anywhere. It's crazy, though, because, you know, in our world, in the car world, you know, people are always, you know, I don't understand why you'd spend $400,000 on a car. And I don't understand why you'd spend that much money on a motor or a supercharger or whatever it is, that, you know, rims and da 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 whatever. But in the, autumn, in, the, in the music world, it's the same thing. It's like people don't understand why are you going to spend $4,000 on a set of headphones until you put them on. Yeah. Until you right. drive a $400,000 Ferrari. Until you, you know, do something. And then you realize there are certain things out in this world that you get what you pay for. Yeah, a bunch. I just, it's, yeah. that's for, you know. Yeah. But economies you, of scale. Yeah, I've never seen a pair right. of headphones that was fucking 5Gs before. And, you know, yeah, but people ask even, me about watches all the time. Who You, you spend $10,000 on yeah. a watch. You're out of your yeah. mind. It tells time. You're yeah. a piece of shit. Ah! But, for, <laughs> but for, for an audio guy, for the sound that you quality you get out of the headphones or the speakers and the technology behind it, which is super neat to really understand, you have to be a geek like anything else. Any Anything you're going to be. But it's it's really cool to get into, you know, learning about things that, you know, in our world, we can appreciate what an expensive car is. And in Christian's world, he can appreciate a good set of speakers and a good amplifier. I mean, it even comes down to you want to get geek out out of it. I've heard a difference in sound quality just by changing cables. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got, a lot of people, gold, I got a lot of the people, gold shits for the new yeah, studio. A lot of people think that's bullshit. I mean, it's too many. <laughs> it's only too many. I got the, was it called yeah. Mugami? Mugami. Yeah, yeah, I bought yeah. those, the Mugami yeah. gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And listen, you have to have all the components to be able to make those cables really work and make a difference. But I have, I mean, I did, I installed car stereos when I was in high school. So I've, you know, I've, I've done some Macintosh amps, you know, and tube amps inside cars and things like that. And like you, if it's tuned they properly put tube on amps RC, in cars. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Really? Yeah. Guys go completely yeah. insane. Where do they, where do you put them? Like on the deck behind the rear seats yeah. or something? Yeah, I mean, because I feel like you could the damage trunk. the. In the I feel like you damage the tubes, right? They're usually if you're going to do that much into a car, it's usually like a oh, show enclosure. A show, yeah, enclosure. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it's it's I amazing. Mean, when I, huh? when ahead, I do Christian. my show in New York at Alex's place, I get to do it through a three hundred thousand dollar Macintosh system with Focal speakers, and it sounds. <laughs> insane yeah alex is actually texting me right now going fucking plug the store dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no yeah you're doing uh, when when we're when you get when you leave your apartment i'm sure you'll be doing shows there again that's the first thing i'm doing is i'm going to go visit my folks in dc then i'm going to go up and see everyone in new york and do some i'm going to do a run i'm going to try to get them to let me do thursday friday saturday at noho sound and we'll just get everybody out and hanging out nice yep i'm i i uh my aunt uh my aunt <clears throat> Sorry, my aunt Liz loves going to see you in New York. She's, she's so much fun. Aunt Liz rules, and she's like rules. the biggest. She's the biggest fan of Christian, and she goes down to see her. God, fucking the, the last the best. time I was at Alex's house was with Davy Johnson. Oh, <sighs> R.I.P. Davy. Yeah, that sucks. I just um, remember that. Fucking Thanks, Christian. Man. What you? What is your level of mental sanity right now? Honestly, having not left the house. Yeah, what for are you doing? How to many, stay sane? How many days? Twenty days? Twenty-five days? How many days are you doing? Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, it's the agoraphobia is gnarly. <laughs> like, I go outside and immediately I want to throw up. And by the way, so, you're like not sick. No. <laughs> so just prevent just, strictly mental just torture and yeah. not actually a physical totally, requirement to stay inside. It's totally preventative. Um, but the thing is, like, ultimately, I know that when it's safe to go outside it'll evaporate pretty quickly uh, i've realized that i have to move out of this apartment after this <laughs> like i never want to see this fucking place again 
Um, but yeah, it's been pretty heavy. I'll be honest with you. It's just so crazy. Is there anything man. you need? Can we drop anything <laughs> off for you? Can we send the uh, drone to the window? Hookers and blow. I mean, I don't know. What do you do? Like, what is? Is, uh, that, is there mean, anything you uh, mi- uh, do? You miss anything? Room. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another room. Yeah, yeah. Extra rooms. A, a balcony. Ooh, yeah, that would be Incredible. great. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. is there anything you miss from the outside world other than fresh air and sunshine? But, ever, other than uh, everything. Yeah. The outside world. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Um. um but, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the benefit is that I at least have like this. Like if I didn't have that window and this view. Yeah. You actually, like, it, it's blown out. You need to, yeah, yeah there, there you we go. go. We, the I shot mean, my was view is out. gorgeous. It's a really good Hollywood view. And that ma- yeah. that hill in the background is, what the what's the name of that place again, dude? The sushi restaurant? Yamashura. It's like lit up like a fucking circus at night. It's yeah. hilarious. It's a good view. And then like the Magic Castle and all that shit. So, I mean, if it wasn't for, I have friends of mine who don't have uh, that much natural light in their apartment and that, I think that would be really the end of it. Jesus, sometimes I look just like my fucking dad. <laughs> you don't look anything like your dad, Matt. No. I, uh, I kind I mean, of would if I was a little thinner, but no, I look like two <laughs> uncles in my family though. I look you like really? my dad's, my, I look like my mom's brother and a little bit like my dad's brother. Yeah. My my sister looks a lot like my dad, and I don't mean that in like a bad way. Yeah, but she, you uh, know, they've she's got the fair features more than I do. Yeah, you don't look. I mean, when I met them, I was like, wow, it's freaking. But hey, uh, Vinny, apart from uh, Mark Wahlberg, who do you look like? Your dad? Uh, I look like my uncle as well. Yeah, my dad. Really? Yeah, my dad's pretty much bald with blue eyes. I mean, he's very Sicilian. Are your uncle um, and your mom very close? <laughs> that, that, that was always the joke growing up. Still I is. Had my uncle, I had my uncle's <laughs> hair, yeah. Uh, no, I look more like my uncle than anything else, which is which is fine. My my brother looks like my dad. So I look just like my dad right now. Yeah. Very weird. I'll tell you what, the, the, the quarantine thing has been super shitty, but it has presented interesting opportunities to, like, get some guests on from like it's interesting to have someone you know call in from somewhere else like even whether they're just in their apartment in fucking Hollywood or like Thaddeus we had call in from Dubai like I booked yeah, a couple dope. guys from like that are in in England uh Johnny Smith is on is on in a couple of weeks and uh and uh, uh who the fuck else was in the UK and um Harris not Harris. Who's my other? Ink? Oh, Jesus. Big Chris. I'm blanking. Porter. I'm a, no, it's not. It's no. Johnny Big, Smith Big is Chris the other is in one. Dallas. Jesus. Why am I? I got to look at my calendar. Uh, uh, Musto. This is gonna bug me out. She definitely. Oh, yeah. Musto, it's Ted, sure. Ted Gashu, actually. You know Ted? No. no he's a car and watch guy. He's at his Instagram type seven, which is sort of this thing he does. He this guy Ted. He has really figured out how to beat life. Christian, you you'd you'd be. This guy, he's he's sort of finagled his way into the most rock and roll lifestyle ever. He is currently quarantined in London on Damien Hurst's houseboat. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, that's ridiculous. And so this thing, Type 7, is this, is this thing Ted does that is sort of an online, it's sort of an Instagram, entirely funded by Porsche, okay? but But no one really knows that. It's not like it's not like I'm like blowing something up, but like it doesn't say anywhere that it's funded by Porsche. It's sort of like guerrilla marketing a little bit, but it's basically just Ted flying around the world, jet setting and taking pictures of some Porsche stuff and then also like architecture and like hotels and interesting homes and sort of society shit. And he has figured out 
away, and I think it took him a very long time, if I recall. It took him years to get Porsche to agree to this whole thing. But and it's he, underwritten entirely by Porsche? Entirely by Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Congrats but, to that guy. But he figured it out, and he's Cheers. and so he's going to come on the show in two weeks. He's, he's an interesting guy. He's uh, figured, way, he figured how to travel. To and, say he's more handsome than I am, and that's not true. Oh, shit. Yeah. Throwdown. Yeah. The hands are listening. Tell yeah. them to fucking start texting in pictures, and we'll get the audience to decide. <laughs> uh, Ted's a really good photographer, though. Zach's just scrolling through some of his stuff right now. He's got some interesting pictures we're throwing up there. Um, <coughs> oh, man. This dry cough is from weed, people. I'm not the coronavirus. So we, not can, we, can we tell the small world story between Christian and Mike? Have we, oh, has that does, been talked about? Is that not something we've ever talked about? That Christian Musto? James Hand and Mike Musto went to high school together and not yeah. just like to the same high school, like they actually were at the same time. And, and didn't realize yeah. it like until just recently. Did you guys yeah, hang was, out in high school? Yeah, we were. Th well, I so he was three years younger than I was. So he was in my sister's grade. And I knew the name Mike Musto. And I remember, you know, Mike Musto as a person, as a, as a kid, sort of being running around and. He sort of knew a couple people that I did, and I kept seeing Jason Camisa posting, you know, Mike Musto, Mike Musto, Mike Musto. I was like, that's crazy that there are two people named Mike Musto in the world. And <laughs> then it was at your wedding where he walked up and was like, Christian. <laughs> I was like, no way. And he's obviously very different looking than he was when he was, you know, in high school. But it was, you know, pretty obvious that it was the same Mike Musto, which was awesome. And like now... I'm going to go up and do my shows in San Francisco, and he picks me up, and we go out in the fucking cars and race around. It's really, really nice. He's he, in high guy. school, did he dress? Was he was he flanneled in high school? Was that the flannel era musto, or was it pre-flannel? I think it was before that. It was pre-flannel, yeah. dude. you got to remember, like, I graduated in 87. Oh, yeah. shit. So, so it was like the Breakfast Club is what we're talking about. <laughs> he had a ponytail in the early 90s. Yeah. Which Breakfast Club member Pops was collar. he? Oh, that's a good point. Which Breakfast Club member was he? So Musto was probably... Uh, I mean, I don't even think he... Because he definitely wasn't Jay Bender, and he wasn't a jock so much. No. Somewhere between those two, maybe? Yeah, he was kind mm. of... He he was he was more like... Uh, he would have... He would have he been more like one of the chicks. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Molly. He was more Molly Ringwald than any of the dudes probably in high school, yeah. I would think. The oldest picture I've seen of Musto, he was dressed sort of like a member of Mud Honey. Right. What the that fuck was, is yeah. Mud Honey? Mud Honey yeah. is like a like a band like a That's generic kind of grunge band from the early 90s that was, when I don't you, know, how, how you, do you describe when, their when level of dress? When you didn't want to say that you were yeah, a Nirvana there. fan, you, you, were, you, were too, you were too cool to say that you were a Nirvana fan, you'd tell people you were a Mud Honey Mud fan. Mud Honey, Meat right. Puppets, sort of that yeah. era. Uh, I like the OG. It was before there was a, before like there was a grunge puppets. section at Kmart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was the vibe. Yeah. God. I remember wow, the Meat Puppets and Mud Honey toured together? I just made that up, and Zach got a picture of both of them together. Can you imagine how grungy that show was? And then Musto had is like bouncer at the limelight era let's oh yeah super tight shirt oh, guns wow. out the those stories are amazing yeah the amazing. limelight yeah. for people who've never heard of that was a church in new york city that was turned into a club yeah. and at the time musto was bouncing there was it the mid 90s peak. oh was it the peak of mid it? to that late 90s full notorious big now i'm in the limelight yeah yeah because uh, i rhyme tight everyone i went to high school with would take and not me by the way but everyone like all of my friends from high school including the ones who live out here would at 14 and 15 years old take all the fucking ecstasy 
and go Sorry. to the limelight and get in as high school students. Oh, sure. Yeah. Probably yeah, while he probably while Musto was bouncing. Oh, yeah. You probably let him in. It was that place was legendarily amazing, amazing and, and also grimy. <laughs> do you know what the do you know what the address of that place was? No. What is it? This is the craziest part. It was a fucking church at 666th Street. Really? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> bling, bling. Oh. Mad. But it was like the interior of the fucking limelight looked like what any you know, like set dresser would want a club to look like. It was the church was still intact. It had catwalks and the huge stained glass window was behind the stage and the DJ booth was like 900 feet in the air. Then they had catacombs in the back. It was an absolutely oh, it, breathtaking. It, it was set, so good. It man. set the bar for clubs in the mid nineties. What is it now? I fucking. Uh, I f- it's oh, it's hard. It's like an IHOP and a fashion, a uh, a gym and a bunch of other. It's awful. Yeah. I feel like I drove by it the other day. Not the other day, but last time I was in New York and I was disappointed at what oh, I saw. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Musso told me a story when he was at work once. And he's like, I had to take a piss, okay? So I got, I, you know, I leave the leave the leave the the front and go to the walk to the bathroom. He's like, the fast way to get to the bathroom is to go across the main like the main dance floor. And he's like, I'm trying to walk across the main dance floor and there's this big crowd of people and then away. And he's like, fuck. So he's like pushing through them, gets to the middle. He's like, people are fucking on the dance floor. And he's like, god damn it, I gotta oh, take yeah. a piss. So then he goes like to the right and he's like, I'll go up and around. And he's like, I finally get in the bathroom and there's a big line and I cut in front of the line and I push open one of the doors and there's a guy blowing another door, uh, blowing another guy in the bathroom. He's like, god damn it. And he's like, and I just wanted to take a piss. Like he's like, I've seen everything at that point, so he's not like freaked Jaded. out. He's like, I just need to pee. Can someone take a break, please? <laughs> Can you stop fucking for thirty seconds? <laughs> Can someone just finish already? God. Oh man, do you remember the foam parties at clubs in the nineties? Oh Jesus. Oh yeah, of course. Jesus. Jesus. That's where you'd get COVID. <laughs> oh, in the foam? If you're lucky, that's where you get there. Yeah. There was a story circulating among exclusively stupid people here in L.A. that you could get the COVID from, quote, the waves sneezing. Oh, yeah. As in, like, surfers a- would have it or be carriers, get their viral saliva and whatnot in the ocean. The waves would... <laughs> break and the spray would be carried into venice sounds perfectly and so that we logical. should stay inside mm. because the air is is toxic with the with perfectly COVID. logical yeah oh I wow mean, i i wow, wipe down the out, i wipe down the outside of the house just in case <laughs> the whole house yeah, the whole house we're <laughs> power washing <laughs> it with hand sanitizer here's, here's yeah. vinnie in uh, 1993 uh, at club usa is that a kooji is that going oh, Gucci yeah. sweater? I don't know. There's a Wait, lot of cl- is Mark Wahlberg. USA? No, there's Mark Wahlberg uh, flipping off the camera in 1993. But it, it That's not Mark like Wahlberg. Me. That is Marky Mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, Christian, who, what music were you a fan of during that period of time that you are ashamed to say you were a fan, you are a fan of now? Nothing. Nothing. I don't have any, I don't have any guilty pleasures. Like No shame in his amazing. game. I I mean I've heard Christian has Christian has straight faced said to me that certain songs certain albums and certain bands are um, amazing yeah. and or even use the word perfect that perfect. other fucking people 
have like fully written off as like middle of the road fucking whatever like All right, so. we had an hour talk the other day about vertical horizon and like oh, how oh, their yeah. album is like so good flawless so, so okay most Christy, people so- don't think about that album everything you want as being flawless i have i went and listened to it after he said that. i was like you know what he's got a fucking point this dude really every single like go and listen to it every almost every single song was a hit on the radio yeah and every single song has a chorus melody that you're like what the fuck the best part about vertical horizon was they're from dc and I went to see them. <laughs> I went to see them at the 9:30 club in DC, and it's the only band I've ever seen where the fucking guy did a bass solo, and the band left the stage for it, and he literally stood on stage <laughs> and did a five-minute bass solo. Really? That's so perfect for you. That's the perfect Christian Hand moment in a. <laughs> oh, the uh, the bassist from Metallica did that on one of their live. The new guy with the long hair, I can't remember his uh, name. Rob Trujillo. But he did, Rob Trujillo. Yeah, Rob Trujillo. Yeah. He did a bass solo, and it was like a couple minutes long, and just you know shredded. But it's that's Metallica. It, vertical fucking horizon. <laughs> yeah. I met, me. I met I uh, met Matt Scannell, who is the singer and yep. songwriter for this band. He was driving a lovely Carrera, and he was a very, very sweet and kind gentleman. I will he bet loves you cars. That, that band made bank in the nineties. They did one record, they got the fuck out, and it was like hit after hit after hit after hit. They're, after yeah, hit. They, they're doing. They still do well. They're doing uh, doing. A, they're doing touring. Okay, well, I mean, so obviously, really? well, once once they're like allowed to, but yeah, right, yeah. So Christian, what's your favorite band to defend when people are like, man, that thing sucks, band or artist or whoever that, that like we're talking about, that generally people would say, you know, you know, like a Milli Vanilli or a, you know, I mean, even Vertical Horizon could have been on that list. He said, he just said easy. What do you got? It's Call Me Maybe. Oh, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe is, is one of the greatest pop songs ever. It's in the top five greatest pop songs ever constructed. Why is that? It's flawless. It's absolutely perfect. The production is ridiculous. The, 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 when you take that thing to pieces, the layers of it are unfathomable. It really? It is fractal. How, oh, dude, it is fractal how brilliant that is. Who song. produced it? It was produced by the so a guy from uh, – so basically it was Carly Rae and her friend wrote it, and they went to this guy from Canada. They were all Canadians. They went yeah. to this guy who was in um, a band called Marianas Trench, which is kind of a big – Canadian alt rock sort of band. That's the and most he, Canadian sounding band name ever. Terrible. Like guys, what's the, the least, deepest chasm? <laughs> like the least provocative deep. band, Mariana's Trench. Chasm. Like, what does that even fucking mean? So they went to him and played, and it was like you know, it was like a campfire song because they played it on acoustic, and he was the one who told them that the thing that they had as the pre-chorus should become the chorus, and the thing they had as a chorus should become the pre-chorus. So then they built, they, they put the song together, and then the best part about it is that the dude that mixed it is a guy who came out of a band called Skinny Puppy, which is one of oh, the yeah. most gnarliest industrial bands in the hit. Like, look up Skinny Puppy Rabies, which is Skinny Puppy being produced by Alan Jorgensen from Ministry. I think it's the hardest record ever made, and... It's so brutal, and that dude is the guy that mixed Call Me Maybe, and the mix on Call Me Maybe, like, the, I'm really bummed because the session I didn't get to do that we had to cancel because of this COVID shit was The Cars and Carly Rae Jepsen, which I was going to force Matt Farrer to come to and have no choice but to show up at. Because Matt's my only shithead I- friend who only comes to the songs he likes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I well, I don't understand. What's the problem? 
I would come to this, but you know what? Oh, I it's... I don't come to songs I like that I actively don't like. Right. Like I don't Those like the, the fucking Beatles, so I'd skip that. You know, which but, one? The Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. But I think the brilliance of Christian show, like when I was burning through some of your your radio shows when I was on a road trip, is I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to the Van Halen one. I don't like Van Halen. But it makes me appreciate the, totally. the music. So, kind of what Phil, are you saying? He has no guilty pleasures Phil because you can respect the music, even if you didn't bro, weren't drawn. We're not to it talking before. about <laughs> listening to the recording of his show. We're talking about driving to Pasadena <laughs> <laughs> at seven p.m. and going to the show. I'll listen to that shit up later on the fucking on the Google Drive, bro. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. It's skinny a valid puppy. Point. I remember Skinny puppy back in the day when I first got into Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson. Yes. And my friends were like, oh, you think that's heavy? You got to listen to Skinny Puppy. And I, I have to be honest with you, Christian, I found it at the time oh. kind of beyond my comprehension and sort oh, yeah. of weird and almost unlistenable. Absolutely. It's very, very difficult to listen to, especially because they were all on heroin for the for the for the really no, that, that picture doesn't so, really indicate yeah, that at all. <laughs> looking at the photos that is confirmed he just put a picture up of a heroin needle holding a microphone basically yeah basically yeah so, they once they get to like Jesus. too dark park is the beginning of of the slide into madness of that band uh -huh. yeah. prior to that they're just brutal brutal records they make guar and look like sesame street they do wow i saw they guar do. once they were whole yeah. They're hilarious. I don't know Maybe. a single Guar song, and I don't give a fuck about any nope. of them, but that was something to see. Yeah. It really you wanna, was. You want to fill in what Christian's show is real quick, in case anybody doesn't know? Does anyone not know what Christian does? He disassembles music, right? Yeah. The good way. Boom. That's the, that's the way to do it. Is that, oh my God, is that the, is that the guy from Skinny Puppy, Zach? Yeah, he's holding a, he's got a machete in his <laughs> pants, and he's covered in I, fake blood everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. Oh, uh, uh, no. No. If that's from the eighties, I mean the early nineties, that was real blood. They had <laughs> tanks. They had, had uh, they had like forty gallon tanks of blood and meat inside them because they're all vegetarians and vegans, and they would throw l real meat and blood out into the crowd. Okay, that makes sense because it, it is coagulating <laughs> on his arm. Oh yeah, wow. No, gnarly, dude. They were gnarly. I was gonna say wow. if for fake, you know, it's scabbing up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's hard. That's hard to do with yeah. corn syrup. So that's that's a really good concert story. Now I remember Guar used to like throw up in their masks and then put them on so like what's the most insane like story like that from a from concerts that you hear you got skinny puppy with their blood everywhere guar with their puke everywhere i mean what uh, ozzy with do you, you want to know really yeah yes all right so the gnarliest shit i've ever seen on stage oh man it's so so there was a band called Bile in New York. <laughs> oh God! You, you can, you can there's stop. no no can good stop. direction this can go. You, you can stop right there. <laughs> in fact, I have. So the Bile song is so this is the Bile record right here. It's called Suck Pump. Oh uh, <laughs> yes! And and the, the the hit song off of it that we all loved was called You're a Fucking Loser. <laughs> and the thing with Bile that was fucking amazing was they would play at the limelight was majority of the time was where we'd see them. And Christoph was the lead singer. They would have, they had three lead singers and they were in full on business suits with three whole ski masks on. And then they had two drummers, a keyboardist named Bear who would fist you in the bathroom for 75 bucks. Nice. And then they had a dude. Did he pay you or did you stage. pay him? Good question. <laughs> What's that? Who paid who for the fisting? 
Oh, you would pay Bear. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just give him seventy-five bucks, and you were off to the red bathroom. It was great. Um, and then they had a dude that was dance on the stage with them who I didn't know. And then they had an Asian chick named Cindy Sex who was on a. This is so fucking brutal, but she loved it. She was on a leash, and Christoph would hold the leash, and occasionally he would yank the leash so that she or she would fly towards him, and then he would punch her square in the face, and she would fall out on the fucking floor then get back up on all fours and this would go on for the whole show yeah, so I, he basically... we stood there and then we were just like what the fuck so they asked me to audition for being the drummer for them <laughs> and I went to one audition and then I was like nah 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 nah, nah. I'm, I'm out man I'm not doing this but like so okay so after the show would they like get yeah. off stage and Cindy Sex having been punched in the face 30 times and yanked by the neck be like great show guys yeah. like that yeah, was yeah, awesome great show awesome oh my god God, you're a fucking loser. It was amazing tonight, guys. What do you think she's doing tonight? So and she was really hot. I mean, you know, people are into what they're into, man. That That's shit what is I'm crazy. Saying. He had crazy. so they had this. Uh, they had a huge screen behind them that would bring with them, and on the screen was all this sadomasochistic shit. And I went, and I, I believe my buddy Angelo will confirm this, and Leo was probably there as well. And we stood in the crowd, and there was one. There was one video that they showed where the it was a close up of a of a of a penis and the guy was screwing an eyeball ah! into the hole ah! in the end of his business Yikes. and then yanked it out and proceeded to finish. Oh god. That was the gnarliest shit I've ever seen at a show. Okay. I think, you know what makes me the most upset about that? That I didn't get paid my royalty fee for them licensing my footage like that. <laughs> That's ah, really upsetting. <laughs> I've owed royalties for that. Do you think they did a post-mortem after each show and they were like, Cindy, great job. You know, Base, base you could have been a little angrier. And Steve, right? you just didn't come fast enough. You were off again, you know? And uh, where's Bear? Always oh, in the back. Where's Bear? Oh, he's, <laughs> Bear is not on time. He's always just, he's giving them $77 instead of 75 All right, so for and the new was... guy, here's a hint. Don't shake Bear's hand <laughs> after the show. I once yeah. saw Marilyn Manson, I think it was at 7 Willow Street, actually oh, wow. cut himself yeah. like with a broken glass like across his chest. Oh, yep. Like it was, re like we're talking 90, what, four maybe? Smells like children tour. <laughs> Probably. It might have even been portion of American family tour. It was in, it was maybe 50 people in the bar and he cut himself a lot heavily in front of a very small crowd. He was really committed. Left it all on stage. I saw him uh, when they played. It was it might have been the forum. And so they had the huge stage set and the whole thing. They have this massive introduction. It's all fucking amazing. The lights are going and Marilyn appears at the top. And then he has his outfit on with his huge, stupid boots. And he walked down the stairs and three steps before the end of it, he tripped and fell, fell onto the stage in a crumpled mess. And the rest of the band's like still playing. J5 goes on and sort of like bends down. And the show gets ended because he broke his fucking ankle within the first 30 seconds Aww. of the show. And it's like, you know, pick more appropriate, sensible footwear. <laughs> no, but like, you know why the androgynous silicone body suit doesn't really work with new balances. It's, yeah, it's true. It's true. But they're much better arch support, yeah. Matthew. I liked I liked I think I liked Marilyn Manson's um 
1800s post-Civil War dentist face the best. Yeah. I think yeah. that was my favorite face of his. <laughs> like the plague doctor bit. That yeah. Yeah, yeah, way better. We were really into Marilyn Manson in high school, man. We fuck, we went hard at Marilyn Manson. He was great, though. He could he put on a show. Aside oh, from yeah. breaking his ankle in front of you, he really did. He did. It's amazing. He put a show on. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zach, it looked like we had a lot of questions from the people. Should we go to the people? Let's yeah, go, to the people. go to the people. I told Actually, them. I saw, can I answer? Because there was somebody asked the question in the uh, briefly before the the thing went up, and somebody wanted to know mm. how I met Prince Paul. Go for it. Yeah. And yes. I was basically I worked at G Street Records, which was the Gravediggers record label or the like, the label they were signed to. And Prince Paul was in the Gravediggers, and through that we became friends. And then I went on the road with them. And my favorite Prince Paul is uh, is the guy that produced. Me, myself, and I, and all that stuff from the De La Soul is amazing. And he, uh, my favorite thing with Prince Paul was that we had been asked, or he had been asked to do the clean version of the record, uh, and he didn't want to do dropout, so he went, he was like, yeah, I'll come with me, because I don't want to do this on my own. So we went to the Hit Factory, I think it was, and we sat in the studio, and dropouts means that you just do a blank where the swear was, and he didn't want to do that. So he asked what sound effect CDs they had and on file. And the guy was like, we have, you know, like this, this, and this, and, and uh, farm animals. And he was like, bring me the farm animal CD. So for the whole of the clean version of the Gravediggers record, it's like, <laughs> the whole time. And we sat there for three hours, pissing our pants, doing this version of the Gravediggers record with the animal sound effects in it. So that was my, that's how I, I met Prince Paul. And he's still to this day, one of my favorite people. Do they commit to animal sounds as a lifestyle for all radio edit versions? <laughs> they all the radio edits. That's Fantastic. fucking funny. I always find it. I I always find it. Uh, you know, when you hear certain songs on on the radio for the first couple of hundred times or whatever, and then you go somewhere and hear the real version, you go, oh, yeah. oh, well, that's way better, isn't it? Really when I was on uh, when I was on Sirius, we had a joke band called Taint Stick, and uh, one of the records that we put out an album actually that went into the Billboard charts, which was crazy. And one of the songs was called "Fuck Your Face," and we wrote "Fuck Your Face" specifically so that we could then make the radio edit version of it and just do dropout. So the chorus to "Fuck Your Face" was. Fuck your face, fuck you, I'm gonna fuck your face, fuck you, I'm fucking your face, fuck you, I'm gonna fuck your face. So the radio edit was your face, you, you, your face, your face, you, your face. Brilliant. That is how you make music, folks. In case anyone's wondering. That's, that's playing chess with music. That's yeah. great. Have you Meta. Um, all right, Zach, what do we got? Uh, Sean folks? Smith said, what is your album of choice for cruising in a car, and what is the choice for driving fast? Ooh. Cruising in a car. Uh, if it's cruising in a car, it's Hollywood Nights by Ooh. Bob Seger. Good choice. Nice. nice. Perfect. It's a good choice. And if it's, if it's going really fast, you go, you go two ways on that. You either go Miami Vice and it's in the air tonight by Phil Collins. <laughs> and then you're the driving fast while the soundtrack is slow. Yes. Or you go Pantera's yeah. fucking hostile. Yeah. Nice. I can you see go that. that way. Or this is the rhythm of the night by Corona. <laughs> 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 Those are your three choices. Yeah. 
I like for driving fast. You know, you you go. You touched on it earlier. I like Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. Ooh. Is a good for me. It's a good fast driving song. Also, a nice. first first leaving the house for a big road trip song. That's a good. It's one a good juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like it. I like Dragula. Dragula, Ooh. yeah, Rob Zombie, Dragula, yeah. That's a good like. Nice. That's like yeah, a good definitely. pre-speeding song. Like that gets you in the right. mood, ready to go. Rob Zombie is Rob a Zombie quality character good. in general. Yep, I like him. That guy's got a great career, man. He really does. He does yeah. exactly what he wants to do. It seems to Whenever really the enjoy. Whenever he wants to do it, yeah. horror if movies, makes records, tours. Like, what wouldn't you want? It? Comic books. Do, okay, I have to ask this. Do you think Rob Zombie is more tired of getting asked if he's, um. What, Maximus Walker, or uh, Magnum, Magnum, Maximus, Magnum, Walker. Maximus Walker. <laughs> that, that's Magnus too... Walker's comic book character. Yeah. No, no, he thinks he's Maximus now. I think he wants to change it. Or do you think Magnus is more upset at all the people asking him if he's Rob Zombie? That <laughs> I think that I think before Magnus became Magnus, he probably got a lot of Rob Zombie questions. Yeah. Now he's famous enough to go, "Hey, mate, fucking get out and drive." <laughs> I, I I blanked on the catchphrase for a second, actually. Zach. What else you got, man? But to do, Christian, can you tell a story about Chris Cornell being a god? <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific. All of them. Well, uh, Chris Cornell being a god. Um, I saw Chris like Cornell. a short story. I mean, <laughs> like I, a tight story. I, I don't. I don't really know a lot of Chris Cornell songs. I mean, uh, stories as far as that is concerned. I will say that if if you have access to the Dropbox. I think one of the greatest shows that we did was the Chris Cornell Memorial show that we did, uh, the hour-long version. I remember getting into my car and sitting there. It was like quarter to eight when the show was ending. And I was like, oh, let's listen. I don't generally listen to myself on the radio because it's awful. So I was like, all right, let's listen to this show. And then I ended it with um, Temple of the Dog, which is obviously you know a beautiful yeah. Chris Cornell vocal with Eddie. Um, and uh, I actually cried as I listened to that show at the end of that show because it was it was as perfect as I could have wanted it to be. So if you have access to the Dropbox, do not sleep on that Chris Cornell episode. It's really, no, really good. beautiful. The, and his uh, vocal on that song is amazing. The vocal on Like a Stone rules oh. Oh, when you God. isolate it. I, you know what? Like a Stone's on the list of fast-driving songs, too. That's Great a good one, one too. Yeah. 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 I saw Chris I Cornell mean, come out in pink capri pants and still nail it. <laughs> it's not, true man that dude could wear anything yeah. not too many people could do that I mean I've always said like I think the thing that killed Audio Slave was it's a shitty fucking band name it is a terrible band name for terrible an otherwise band great band especially a band coming out of Rage Against the Machine which is one of the greatest band names of all time and Soundgarden which is also once you establish and under, like you're cool with it Soundgarden is an amazing band it's a yeah. very good band yeah. name and, and Rage Against the Machine is a great band name. audio slave? <laughs> yeah. Right, this guy had follow-ups. Uh, one, will you ever do a Creedence Clearwater revival for Session on Air? And two, I don't like yeah. Allison Chains. Why am I wrong? So yes to CCR. Uh, absolutely. Creedence, amazing. Um, look, I personally, like, un unlike Matthew, I can't stand grunge as a genre. Uh, I, I don't like minor tunings. I don't like dark, depressive music of that sort. I like my depression slightly more fey, to be honest with you. Um, but more like a Lou Reed depression than... No, no, like, uh, 
you know, the cure. Oh, okay. You know? Yes, yes. You know, like my depression yes. with some eyeliner and a little bit of a skipping step. <laughs> 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 then he just spit out of the water. <laughs> you know, like I want to cut myself, but the knife is very pretty. And I'm looking <laughs> the cure while I do it. And you're going to clean um, up immediately. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to leave that for somebody else. Oh, when they find me, my hair will be fabulous. Uh, Alice in Chains, if you go into the SoundCloud, there is actually Rooster is on there. And you cannot deny Jerry Cantrell as a guitar player. You can't deny the whole band, but Jerry Cantrell as a guitar player and his harmonies with Lane. I mean, Lane's voice, Chris Cornell's voice is an instrument on the, as a classic rock singer. I think he's, you know, like as a rock singer, it's Chris Cornell is closer to uh, Freddie Mercury. But if you want to talk about the grunge voice of grunge voices, Lane Staley is unbeatable. Yeah. I actually unbeatable. liked uh, what was that single that Jerry came out, Jerry Cantrell came out with on his first solo album that was really good too. Yeah, the, one, on the first, the first solo record, yeah. the first single off of that. Yeah. yeah, man, that was really good too. Yeah, if you want to get into Alice in Chains and you want to start easy, their MTV Unplugged show. Oof. Ruled. Rules. I would put Rules. their MTV Unplugged over Nirvana's MTV Unplugged. I think Nirvana's I Unplugged is overrated, actually. Well, I don't know if it's overrated. I think the thing is... Maybe that it played captures, out is the word. It captures a person and a band at a very specific moment, and then it becomes... It becomes the quintessential version of the quiet thing that they did because he dies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like it yeah. captures that moment of complete. I have friends who were there. My friend Rob Galuzzo, uh, he was there for that and said it was, uh, you know, and he actually got to go because he found like a little tiny ad in the back of the village voice or some crazy shit. And through that, they got tickets and they didn't know what they were showing. It was like Nirvana fans show up and they had no idea what they were showing up for. And it was to be in the audience for that. And he said that night, if you were in the room was un uh, like oh, I unbelievable. Bet. Yeah, I bet. But it I, must I, have been crazy. Correct. The, the Alice in Chains one. Ridiculous. Rid ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Jay Caroli says, uh, when are you going to admit you're a Phil Collins fan and do a session on him already? Uh, I am uh, the only Phil Collins fan. <laughs> he doesn't gotcha. have to admit. Wait, Christian. Yeah. Uh, sorry for our radio people, but for video people, how many photographs of Phil Collins are displayed in your apartment <laughs> right now? All right. I'm just so, <laughs> so first off, we've got uh, we've got the autographed Abacab, which was my friend um, my friend Adam's uh, present to me when I was in his wedding party. Then so, down here we have the Genesis picture disc. Oh my god! Right <laughs> wow. here, and then uh, up here we have, but seriously, the laser disc collection that my ah. friend Rob gave me. Over here we have, uh, hello, I must be going, autographed with the autograph coming out of his nose. You see that? <laughs> and then, of course, over here we have the drum fill from In the Air Tonight. And then here by my bed, judging me as I play with myself, is uh, this photo of... <laughs> Phil oh, looking yes. like the wow. Bogwan. <laughs> he looks like Bogwan. So there's one. That's, one I counted. Two, I counted three. five. There's like seven reference points to Phil Collins in my uh, hanging on the walls of my apartment. I don't think he needs to admit he's a fan. I think he's pretty fucking. I think he's pretty out. Pretty <laughs> obvious. He's uh, a Phil Collins fan. And as far as doing a session, if I can get the files, I will do a session. And I've become really good friends with his personal assistant and. Uh, one of his backup singers. So hopefully we're like 
dangerously close to getting it accomplished. Are you doing but any the, shows during this uh, quarantine time? Uh, sort of. Uh, so currently, I'm in the conversation with a with the biggest record label on the planet to try to work out how we can do it. So with a bit of luck, yes. There are some issues with broadcasting and music. Copyright law. So basically the copyright law that governs everything that we do for music was written in the 1800s and hasn't been changed since. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the, it's the constitution of, of music radio law. Yeah. It's yeah. like regulating cars with like law that was written for horses. Gentlemen, should someone invent nope. a medium of sound, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Cutting off the Awful. <laughs> so I'll do it. I'll do it eventually with a bit of luck. Oh my god! Uh, someone's asked, "What do you think of Rick Beto's vi videos?" Here's the thing: I think anyone that is trying to get people to re-engage with music and to truly understand how brilliant the the construction and the performances of of these this huge swath of music, anyone who's doing that, I have props for. I could never do it the way Rick does it because Rick is so brilliant in his understanding of how songs are put together. But I'm fairly sure that Rick couldn't get on stage and make up a show for two and a half hours with 900 fucks in it. Nope, could not. So, you know, I think we do we do the same thing for two different ways. And one of the things that I would like to do that I, when I get legal on being able to do this is I want to talk to Rick about them also allowing Rick to be legal on, on him doing what he's doing. Because what does this guy do, Christian? That, Shorter form versions of what you do? What's that? What does this guy do? Shorter form versions of, of no, what you do? He he does this. He's a really accomplished musician. So he breaks it down to like how the chords are playing against each other and how their choices of like a minor eight f minor over a d causes the energy to shift i mean oh, it's, it's granular his oh. understanding of how these things work and i couldn't i have no i barely i know where d is on a fucking keyboard like literally that's yeah, it. yeah i don't yeah. play guitar yeah no your your show is more appreciating the individual musicianship that goes into the production not necessarily a music theory show yeah i think that i would hope that what i'm doing is honoring the story of the song itself and rick doesn't really honor the story he does in a way but his is much more uh, i think for producers musicians and and people of that sort who who want to know how they work i think it's a gr i think i'm a good gateway into his thing but i think if you were a, a regular person his approach might be a little overwhelming because it's very in the weeds mm -hmm. but it's brilliant uh, where does Gigi Allen fall in your uh, in the oh, scope Jesus. of crazy, crazy, interesting performance art? So Gigi Allen, actually. So if if, if nobody knows who Gigi Allen is, he's he's one of the foundational New York like performance artists. But it was basically a dude that didn't give a fuck. He actually, my school was an art school outside of New York City, so we would get all of the artists would come, like Karen Finley and all those people, Vito Acconci. I saw them all. And one uh, year they had booked. Um, Gigi Allen and uh, for like four hours before he did his show everyone was complaining that there was a guy hiding in the bushes who would run out and kick you as hard as he could in the ass and then run away from you as fast as he could and that was Gigi Allen doing that uh, I think he was a deeply deeply troubled dude the thing that pisses me off about Gigi Allen is that forever he said he was going to kill himself live on stage on a Halloween night 
and then ended up dying of a heroin overdose in a fucking back alley somewhere. And if you're going to fucking say that you're going to do it one way and keep it real, do it and keep it fucking real. <laughs> yeah, you that bitch. is not the way that that guy should have gone out. Was he, does he, uh, I'm sorry for not knowing this. Was he a solo musician? Was he a singer of a band? Who, who is this dude? He was, I think it was the band was called the Murder Dogs or something. Oh. And it was basically like he would allow people in the band, in the crowd to come and punch him in the face. And he would, <laughs> he would shit in his hand and throw it on them while he was playing. Uh. He, like if you want to talk about cutting yourself, like he would literally like eviscerate himself in front of people, throw his blood on them. I mean, it was like it was more about he had no teeth because he would take the mic and smash it into his front teeth and oh, break his teeth out. It was gnarly. Ow. Yeah. You know? Why? How's the music? <laughs> <laughs> fucking terrible yeah. <laughs> you ever notice that people who are really good musicians don't need to do that yeah phil's never done that you know? <laughs> this one's called the studio and here's my poo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never happened you see you're not gonna see <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see billy joel whacking it on stage i no. wish <laughs> i wish this you know, it'd be real. Red, and he's like cutting himself open. Yeah, yeah. It's never gonna. Okay. It'd be really funny to see, like, uh, you know, someone on. I mean, obviously, you couldn't make a career of it, but if someone did, like, I don't know, uh, something happened on the way to heaven, laid over a Gigi Allen music <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, what else, Zach? Uh, Thojo says, "Do you guys have any tips and tricks on sound deadening in his car? He's trying to pull. He's trying finally trying to pull sound out of his car as a hobby. Make you know, um, make the stereo sound better, make it a little quieter in there. I mean, Dynamat works. Dynamat does yes, work, and even the, even the generic stuff does work. I think a lot of it comes down to installation. Um, you, you should use enough of it and use it everywhere. Um, yeah, everywhere. You know where the panels meet, and you know use a little roller and get all the air gaps out, and and really, I mean, between Dynamat and the generic stuff, the main difference I think is just gonna be adhesive. But you know, it's have really you seen that spray do- foam stuff? Have you ever tried that? Not for not for sound dead. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, I know they make one for it, and like because Dynamat's very heavy, which is bad for performance of a car, obviously. Yeah, if you care, it's not. What if you sprayed like Flex Seal on like the inside of your Anything trunk? Anything that you can put like that is gonna is gonna help a little bit. But I mean, even on just a flat panel, it, I mean, it, it it helps. It's amazing what a difference like a fully dynamited car properly installed. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it like makes Vinny, it sound like a tank. Like didn't, my guy, when I did mine in New York, they pulled the door panels Fuck off. Fuck yeah, yeah. And deadened, you know, like you deadened behind the door panels. Oh yeah, like, it's not just simply the trunk and no. Other, like you got to fucking go in there and anywhere where there's air, you got to get rid of it. Well, you have a Mini Cooper, right? Yeah, the Mini Cooper's amazing. Well, so that, with that, in that, they should just take the door off and then replace the car with a different car because everything's going <laughs> to shake loose in that shit. Do you remember wow. it? Thaddeus's car? It sounded yeah. like keys bouncing around in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the new version, the, my, my, mine is the, the third iteration, and it has the Harman Kardon system in it, and the Harman Kardon system in that car is badass. I've been fucking with the Volvos the last couple of weeks, and they're doing the Bowers and Wilkins, which Ooh, I re- which is B&Ws. very nice. Yeah, it's it sounds, very it good. It doesn't get as loud as I wanted it to, though. The... Uh, it's like twelve hundred watts. You want yeah. loud? You got to go Range Rover. Twenty seven hundred, nineteen hundred watts. Yeah. What is their name? Who is in, uh, uh, in Range, Range Rover's Rover. Meridian? Meridian. Yeah. Meridian. Name is yep. Bentley. And is then it you really? Have, yeah. Name is Bentley. Yeah. And then you have Mark Levinson is Lexus. Lexus. Who's Lambo? Um, they... it's not ba- It's a brand. It is a brand it name. Is a brand name. Hang on. It's not Porsche's Burmeister, right? Yeah, yeah. Porsche's Burmeister. But the Porsche yeah. has uh, Bose in there. They have two levels of Bose and then Burmeister. 
What does Lamborghini use? Bang and Olufsen. Bang and Olufsen also, Ooh, yeah. B&O. Yeah. yeah. That well, sense. that's because they're Audi. Yeah, Audi also yeah. uses B and O too. Yeah. 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 What is like, if I if I didn't want like you have the, you know the crazy preamps and shit. What's like, not that you need to endorse a specific one, but like what's like a great kind of just off the rack stereo for my house? Can you get Honestly, something great yeah, off the I'm, rack? What I would do is because most of this stuff is is bulletproof. So what I would do is I would go on to eat. Like I have people hit me up all the time. Like I want to build a little system. What should I do? So the first thing I'll tell them to do is to go on eBay and buy like a nineteen ninety six ninety seven Sony ampli like integrated that's got a phono stage, and then get yourself a little pair of these. I find a pair of KRK ST sixes, which is like a, a regular pair, like a little pair of speaker monitors that they made which sound great and then get yourself a riga or project turntable and then if you want to build the system build it around that turntable put all your money into the top the front end and of the turntable and then you can build it and honestly adcom which is a, a great little company you can buy their used shit on ebay is dirt cheap and it's awesome and it's bulletproof and it'll never go down so the and you can get integrated you can get a separate preamp and a power amp for dirt cheap and they sound great and they're going to go forever. And they're nothing. Okay. Good tips. So by, by use Adcom. Okay. I was going to say, what the follow-up to that would be, what do you think is the most important piece to spend the money on? Where do you where do you invest the majority of your money in the system to start with? So you would say the turntable? Yeah, because the turn the nice thing about the turntable is that once you get a, like, you could spend 400 bucks, you could probably spend 299 bucks on a turntable that would not embarrass itself in a $5,000 rig. Do you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas if you bought a $5,000 front end and then you bought a $100 turntable, it's going to sound like shit. Good point. But the difference between good and great in a turntable is hundreds, not thousands, if I heard you right. For like for an entry level that you're yeah, never going to yeah. be embarrassed by. Yeah, you can yeah. spend. I mean, my dad, I gave my dad my Kuzma. My Kuzma, I think when I bought it, was like three grand and that thing was extraordinary. It had a, it's like a bar of brass and then the, the, the 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 tone arm actually sits in a gel cup so it's actually got gel in it so it never gets yeah. any vibration going through it and the the black space on records when i played that thing is blacker than anything i've ever heard any other oh time. the black space oh when there's like the hiss the hiss where there's no music right the when yeah, you the drop silence. the needle the silence yeah the black oh that's like a, that's like an lcd tv where the blacker the blacks exactly. uh, that's like the better oh same thing with record players oh that's yeah. interesting oh okay cool that's good to so know. when you're listening to like you know eleanor rigby and the the you know the the violins are sort of ending yeah that space when there's no audio if that's truly black there'll be nothing happening whatsoever oh yeah, okay that makes all yeah. that makes sense yeah okay cool hard to sell in the story like you hear that and like, <laughs> you no know. exactly sir <laughs> exactly sir that's why it's five grand that's exactly right <laughs> yeah um will you ever do a session on the prodigy cameron carulo carulo asked fuck yeah i would i mean i have a couple of products you know the problem with the problem with a lot of that stuff is that there's it's all manufactured so you know, like the nice thing about, let's say, you know, heard it through the grapevine. The drum track has stories built into it because you have a player, you have a performance, you have a room. The bass is the same thing. When it's Liam Howlett in his studio making a drum loop that goes and goes and goes and then a bass riff that goes and goes and goes, the story isn't as dense. Yeah. But I love that stuff. Like the, the guy that's producing my TV show is uh, is actually Jonas Ackland, who uh, did the Smack My Bitch Up video, and he and I have spoken oh, the about the band videos. Band. Dope. 
The video is super banned, man. It's ba- so that, that video is awesome. And the best thing about that video is when Jonas did it, they they like they rushed him to get it finished and he didn't get to finish it the way he wanted and then they turned it down and then he finished it the way he wanted it sent it to them and then liam hallett's girlfriend was watching it and liam walked in and was was in the kitchen or something was like why are you listening to smack my bitch up and she was like this is that video that jonas wanted to finish and they watched it together and were like what the fuck and <laughs> if you've never seen that video it's amazing it's just on youtube it should be on youtube yeah. i'm not you never sure seen it? yeah it is i mean i i i saw the 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 one it was the video right, right? yeah i the saw the, i saw the video the mtv one was edited uh, i oh. saw that when i was a kid but i, I, will, I remember I, I listened to it a lot but i guess i'll gotta go back and watch the original at the end of it the what the button the reason that you watch the whole video because he what where he hits her right no the button the button at the, the end payoff. of it is the reveal is that oh. it's been a chick the whole fucking time. Oh, right. right. Yeah, And the yeah. reveal is that she's got boobs. Right. It's a, f- it's a fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> 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 it's a fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> uh, but I love the, the Prodigy's uh, The Fat of the Land record is incredible, as is the one before it. And, you know, uh, Keith Flint, man. The, the, I, I've always said, like, to me, the the Keith Flint version, the Fat of the Land version of The Prodigy was the Sex Pistols, if the Sex Pistols had existed during the time of Electronica. Keith Flint was one of the best front men ever. When they played Nebworth to, like, 250,000 people, that performance was unbelievable, man. Firestarter? I saw, I saw them perform at the Hammerstein Ballroom when I was in high school in New York City. And Keith Flint... You know, I liked it, except that Keith Flint crowd surfed and then fell on his face literally <laughs> directly in front of us, like fell like at our feet, right? And the vocals continued when oh, he really? obviously did not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a bummer. I had a couple a bands that were ruined by 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 poor sort of things like that in, in live things. I'll never see Social Distortion again either. Want, want. Really? Yeah, they fuck. I made the mistake of seeing Social D two nights in a row. Two nights of Social D, bro. Oh my god! And they they didn't just know? play the exact same set in a row. He said the exact same shit in between the songs. Uh, yeah, it was it was not good. It was real really phoning it in. My favorite phoning it in I've ever seen. Oh, that's was, me good. Was do you remember a band called or an electronica act called the Shaman? No, I don't think so. The, the Shaman were, were were a massive electronica act back in the day, and they played at the Palladium, and all they did was send over a pre-recorded dat tape and have dancers on stage. <laughs> Nobody from the fucking band was even on stage for the whole hour and a 14-minute show. It was amazing. Atrocious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well spent. Well spent. <laughs> all right, someone says, uh, Bonham or Pert, help settle the debate. Uh, well, that's if I can put this into the car world. That's like saying, you know, Ferrari or Lotus. Hmm. You know, it's like it's preference. two completely different preference. things. It's a preference. Like there is no, I mean, John Bonham. I was never a huge Bonham fan to begin with until I, I was never a big Zeppelin fan actually until I started to do my show. And then when you listen to Bonham's tracks on their own, you realize how fucking much swagger and groove. And the level that that dude is hitting at is extraordinary. 
And then when you listen to Pert on its own, the mechanics of what that man is pulling off, it's like two completely different versions of the same instrument. And both of them are amazing. And you can't really compare them. I mean, you know, like the conversation at that point would be Keith Moon versus Bonham makes a lot more sense. Vinnie Caluda versus Pert makes a lot more sense. Who's Vinnie Caluda? Uh, we get in the weeds on drummers. Yeah, no, who's, like, who is that? <laughs> so Vinnie's like, uh, Vinnie is one of the best session drummers. There's a great video if you want to, if you want to watch it. So there was a, um, an incredible, so the, there's a, a, a it's um, Buddy Rich's daughter does a Buddy Rich concert each year. And there was one year where it's Vinnie Caliuta, Dave Weckl, and Steve Gadd. And each of them do a drum solo following each other for about 10 minutes. And Dave Weckl is a fucking gnarly jazz fusion guy who is like a robot. Steve Gadd is the dude who played 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Mm. And he's a coked up, groovy motherfucker. And then Vinnie Caliuta is at the end. And he's basically the two of them in one drummer. And it's a beautiful way to... Vinnie played with Sting and a bunch of other people. But he's so much finesse and groove and and but it's mechanically perfect as did he well. play with sting through like the 90s and 2000s yes. oh there's some really good drumming in some Oof. of that some of those songs yeah yeah that it, makes that's sense the dude yeah yeah yeah, Talk, yeah i've literally never heard that name before how do you spell that zach c-a-c-o-l-a-i-u-t-a uh, yeah yeah vinnie caliuda interesting Learn some I new think I saw today. him do a drum clinic at Sam Ash on Long Island, and he was the dude that he handed out. He handed out like packets of of Xerox paper, and then he would sit there and be like, "Okay, so I'm going to do a paradiddle in seven twelve, uh, and then I'm going to go to six nine, and then come out of that to seven eight, and then he would do it, and you would just be like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" And then he would go, "All right, let me slow it down so you could see it," and then he would do it perfectly at. A, th- a millionth of the speed. Oh, that's crazy. And you were just like, this dude is a badass. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, Cal Yuta's a badass. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, do you, any of you guys have recommendations on sound systems for a tuner car? Like, do you prefer Kenwood or Clarion or Alpine? Ooh. I cannot be objective because Clarion has given me free product for the last five years. I can, yes. I can say I'm happy with it. That's all I. That's all I can say. But I can't, Christian. If you have a recommendation, by all means, be objective. Um, I mean, I haven't had a system that I put in a car forever, but my go-to was always Blaupunkt, just because they had the highest outputs of anyone. That I at that fucking point, hate their interfaces Al- so much. Like the next yeah. one down. When they were building uh, but- Porsche and Ferrari factory stereos, they were the worst factory stereos. <laughs> were they really? <laughs> I mean, they might have sounded fine, but right. the but they were absolutely fucking indecipherable and anytime you disconnected the battery on one of them cars to put it on a tender oh, or to do security. work the security code oh, right. there was a six digit security code that if you lost that code oh what a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> Vinny what was you what were your head units back in the day that you uh, Alpine. Alpine. I was always a big, huge Alpine yeah. fan. Um, Clarion, as far as head units, it really came down to features. I mean, Alpine had the you know the pullout. Clarion had the pullout. There was a couple of really good ones. Um, you know, Sony for a little while had some decent features in their head units, but their sound quality was never all that great. Um, well, I mean, as far as other components, you know, you want to go old school precision power amps. You know the old Orion monsters. JLW sevens. I mean, I was sponsored by JL Audio back in the day, but JL JL speakers actually are really good, and their their new amps are good. It's it's amazing some of the digital stuff that's out now. As far as you know that for head units, it really comes down to 
features. Um, me personally, if I'm going to replace a head unit in my car, I have to have a volume knob. I just like that's just a right. thing for me. I, I like to have a volume knob. Um, you know, now it comes down to do you want air, uh, you know, uh, CarPlay, Android Auto? Do you want all that other crap like that? Otherwise, you because know, some of the old. Some of the older head units actually have better sound quality than the newer ones, but you lose all the features. Yep. You know, you don't. You you may not get Bluetooth. You may not get all that stuff. So, dude, we got the the Clarion uh, double din with CarPlay in the Delica. Yeah, it's fucking it's great. great. We got the it's Bluetooth. Great. You just you watts. plug in. It's you're, yeah. you're great. And like yeah. now, speakers. You know, the speakers you, are little. It's not. It's not a hugely powerful can, system. You but can it's get nice into, to have that. Tech. You can get into some seriously expensive speakers with the Focals and some yeah. of those other Focals ones. Focals are amazing. Yeah, they absolutely are. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, it, it's. It just like anything else in the aftermarket industry, it really comes down to you know what your, is your budget and what is it you're looking to accomplish. You know, if you want a you know a big heavy you know bass soundstage, do you want it um, you know front loaded? Is it just for volume? So really, I mean, I, I know a lot of guys that just like to match all their components. Like if they have an Alpine right. head unit, they want Alpine speakers, they want Alpine mm -hmm. amps, and they feel like that is a match set. Is exactly how it is. I like what Alpine's doing with some of the new like Jeep, where they have like a full system, where you can say, okay, here's a replacement head unit, here's you know exact replacement speakers. Here's oh, are they doing you need. that? Everything yeah, you need. Every yeah, yeah, that's plug cool. and play. Yeah. Plug and play, and the and the yeah. the head units are are insane that they're doing now, and, and a lot of companies are doing this, where you can they actually have. Uh, controls on the screen so instead of adding switches to all the things like your LED lights oh, your outside yeah, off-road yeah. lights or your inside you know certain things instead of adding all these switches to your dash and cutting into your dash they have interfaces now that you just pull up a screen on your on your right. on your head unit and you hit the button and it and it does a, oh. a switching thing so really it comes down to features I mean as far as as far as components and, and what you're looking to do and your budget I mean you know I will say that I think the best looking apps are the Macintosh car oh, oh yeah. yeah of course those, those are, are awesome fucking awesome yeah. Man, holy shit! Yeah, if you can if you can get a used Macintosh head unit that got pulled out of a Ford GT. Who pulls years, one out of a Ford GT? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Not anymore. People are collecting them now. Um, if you'd be, a, you'd really? be a, well, Matt. So well, Ford GTs you typically right. find them in two specs: what they call base and what they call four option. It only had four options: forged wheels, stripes, stripes. Macintosh stereo, painted brake calipers. Yeah. Those are your only options. So, wow. so the Macintosh stereos. Um, were really good. They were matched to the car. You know, they looked yeah. they were, looked really they were nice. They looked beautiful. I think at some point, maybe someone probably pulled one out to put in Bluetooth or something because they definitely don't yeah. have that. But but now, if you tried to buy a, a Ford GT that came from the factory with a Macintosh stereo, but it's not in there, yeah, three option car. The, the nice thing is with a lot of the, a lot of. The, <laughs> Ain't nobody of, wanted three option cars. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the newer components too are interfacing with the factory stereos better than they like. You can get an amp that goes into like and taps into your factory stereos without cutting yeah. wires. The the right. factory head units on the newer cars have usually all the features you need: the steering wheel controls, all the integrated. So you know you maybe you upgrade the amplifier, maybe you, which is, there's even companies that are doing. You pull your amplifier out and you can plug and play a new amplifier in there. There's BAV, uh, BAV works is doing for BMWs. You can get, you know, the replacement, um, the, they have the, the speakers that are essentially servos that go underneath your seat and they shake the car and make you think that you've got bass. Oh, it feels please like don't it. do that. No, but it's from the Sorry. factory. No, from the factory. And uh, then there are companies still... <laughs> making, making upgraded versions of those that shake the car even more. <laughs> So it, it kind of just depends on what you're looking to Put a sponge behind your get, license plate. I would say first, first, thing, <laughs> first thing you do, you put the sponge back there. Yeah, start maybe, start maybe with upgrading amplifiers and then speakers, and then probably on a newer car, would your head unit would be last. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can't, yeah, in most new cars, you can't change a head unit. You just put a base no. tube in the trunk and call Bazooka it a day. Tubes, Bazooka bro. tube. They're still in business? Bazooka oh, tubes. hell yeah, they are. Is, they are still in business? I haven't, heard, I haven't heard from a bazooka tube in a while. No, they still sound cool, though. <laughs> uh, Vinny, what happened to the cheap Viper you had or have? Uh, it uh, currently is owned by a buddy of mine in Orlando who owns the Tint World there in Orlando. He's turned it into a full-blown show car. Uh, iPad in the dashboard, lights everywhere. He basically uses it as a rolling showcase for for what his his shop is able to customize. He wrapped it in orange, and he frequents Hooters all the time. Um, <laughs> he, uh, it's just hilarious. Uh, but he, he really he did a full custom interior, and he he wrapped the thing in, in orange, and he did a great he did a, a killer job on it. So he took all my mechanical. The only thing that car needed when I sold it to him was it needed to be prettier. You know, I didn't really do anything with the paint on the outside. I didn't do anything with the interior. I just kind of left it at that, and just I did all the mechanical. And he's like, I was looking for a Viper. I didn't want to do any of the mechanical stuff. And because he's got this wrap shop, tint shop, custom shop, and so he did everything on it. It looks great. So it's in Orlando at Tint World. Pete, I hope you're enjoying Go see it. it in Orlando yeah. at Tint World. He's at every show. Or at the Orlando <laughs> Hooters yeah. every yeah, Wednesday and Saturday yeah. nights. Either one. Uh, anything else? The, the gateway to strip clubs. Uh... Nick Enders says, Christian, thoughts on Coheed and Cambria? Ooh, Coheed and Cambria. Uh, the only record that I really love from them is in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth. I like three, that record, I too. I have, I have that record. This record is amazing, and if you are a Rush fan, it's as close as you're going to get. I've always wanted Coheed. Do you like- to do my, my buddy uh, Joe, uh, Evil Joe did the, a couple of the last Coheed records. And I want Coheed to do a Rush cover album. It would be fucking amazing if they so, would pull it didn't, off. Is but who, in Keeping Secret, Silent uh, Earth 3. Who's playing a Rush? Oh, uh, Les Claypool. Primus yeah. is doing an entire Rush yep. tour, Tour, I think. I think so, yeah. And aren't they playing one of their fucking albums, weird albums? They're playing like the... Album? What's the weird album that fucking only the super nerds listen to? Yeah, it's the uh, the earlier stuff like Temple of Spherinx and all that shit when they were wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Wizard outfit. Was anybody as impressed as I was that he just knew where that album was and just grabbed it out of the... For the, for the podcast guys, you, it's you can't see... alphabetical order. Is it he's alphabetical? Got, he's got thousands and thousands of, of records behind him, and he, we see Coheed and Cambria, he turns around and goes, oh, right here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and keeping silent secrets. Good eye, Sniper! It's an amazing record. That was a good record. Do they? Do they... Are they still together? Why do I think they yeah. break up? They broke up. Yeah, they're up. still going. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, Barry Carr says, uh, so it says, never mind, Wallace or Vig Mix? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I, so when I do the show, when I get to do, that's one of the nice things about doing Nevermind is that you get, so what he's asking is- Can you explain is, what so, that question means? Yeah. Yeah, so so when, um, when Nirvana did Nevermind- Butch Vig was the guy who did their record before that. He did Bleach. So when they did Nevermind, Butch Vig did, who's the drummer and one of the principal songwriters in Garbage, who's gone on to do all of the Foo Fighter stuff. So Butch Vig did his own versions of, he did his own mixes of Nirvana, of Nevermind. And when the record label heard them, they said, these aren't big enough, it's not going to be a hit. So they then went to a guy by the name of Andy Wallace, who's one of the sickest mixers in the fucking universe, Put it this way: Not only did he do Nevermind, but the other thing he's done at the other end is he did Maroon 5's first record, which is <laughs> "Songs About Jane," which is an unbelievable album. So he get he can do that, and he can do Nevermind. And if you listen, so the nice thing about doing that session is that I get to play the Butch Vig mixes against the Andy Wallace mixes, and it's 
so obvious that the song probably the album probably wouldn't have been and smells like teen spirit wouldn't have been the massive hit it was if it wasn't for andy wallace's mixes cool interesting for sure do you you want to hear them both on uh on youtube they have they're called the madison mixes i think and then the andy wallace mixes are obviously the ones that you've already heard interesting Hmm. but they're looser they're much more raw sounding uh it's and and there's no drum replacement and the the compression on the guitars they're not like this massive wall it's much more not necessarily indie sounding but it's a lot more raw sounding than the ones that ended up being on Nevermind. that's very interesting yeah we have a whole list of interesting shit to go look for now yeah right now i can spend the whole next day looking for weird stuff on youtube that i've not we got nothing but time people we got nothing but time anything else zach or was that was that it uh, is there random car advice stuff? That there's we a couple to? of those. There's like a, a question about turtles uh, or watches. <laughs> Thoughts on oh, the new the Seiko, Seiko King turtle? turtle? Seven eight hundred bucks for sapphire ceramic bezel seems steep over the regular turtle with no upgraded movement. Uh, the Seiko King Turtle is a uh, a version of the Seiko Turtle. I have a regular Seiko Turtle, which you can buy for depending on. What? Uh, how the market is feeling? Uh, like the 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 gold turtle I have that I love. Like I've seen it on Amazon for like as little as two hundred and seventy dollars, and as high as like four hundred. It tr- generally goes in the middle threes. And then I've got a, a bracelet on mine that's probably like another hundred bucks uh, from Strap Code. The King Turtle has um, the magnified date, like Rolexes have. Uh, and it also has, a, like you said, a ceramic bezel and some other stuff. It's a very, very nice watch. Is it worth the extra money? It depends if you find the extra features uh, worthwhile. I will say that one of the things it comes with is a metal, uh, the nice Seiko brand metal bracelet. I like my aftermarket bracelet, but Zach, you see in the, the blue one top center, that's a rubber strap. That's a that's a king turtle on a rubber strap, so you can save some money there, uh, or you can get the one on the metal bracelets a little more. I mean, is it worth it? Like, it would cost you that much to mod a regular turtle to that if that's what you wanted. If you like the color scheme of the king turtle, if you like the magnified day date, it's a great watch. The movement is still fantastic. It doesn't matter. I think a regular turtle, which is like in the three hundred dollar range is far and away the best watch money can buy for that kind of cash. Far and away. Cool. Um, um, and then basic car question. Uh, what would you go with? A new cheapish Ferrari FF or GTC4? Wait, and then yeah. V8 or... Oh, what? Yeah, so... The V8 or V12. So basically the new... The Ferrari hatchback that you can buy now, when it first came out, was called an FF. They then changed the name oh, yeah, to the GTC4 Luso, and you can get it either with the V12 or with the twin-turbo V8. I gotta be honest, I haven't driven either of them. I've never driven an FF. But if I was going to have a front-engined Ferrari... There better be a fucking V12 up there. I, I, dro- yeah. I drove one. Uh, I drove the Luso, and it had, I think the Twin Turbo V8. It only had like 5,000 miles on it as a press car. I don't yeah. know if you want to buy a cheap GT. <laughs> I don't know. Make sure you <laughs> suss it out really well. Like, I re- yeah. like we- our screen got stuck on. The seat heater got stuck on for an hour. Um, no joke. Like, 
I got stuck no, in, you know, an issue. Amber Blonigan, who's been on the show, has a, a GTC4 Luso that at the HRE open house, she was trying to show off to me. Like, look at this GTC4. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Let me hop in there and check it out. I sat in, it was super comfortable, and I closed the door, and it locked me in the car. <laughs> and uh. and it, it was a glass roof. It was 100 degrees outside in San Diego. It's probably 140 in the car. And I had an instant panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, they handle great. They feel really light when you're driving. I mean, it, I took in the canyons. It yeah. was a really good time, and it is a sexy looking car. They look great. Just cool. have your maintenance fund. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. yeah. But if I, awesome. any front engine Ferrari for me has got to be a V12. Although the front, the, that V8 is a fantastic engine. Yes. But pe- you, you never want to buy a car where the first question anyone asks you, the answer is no. So you don't want to buy a replica Shelby Cobra because no one will ever say anything to you but besides, is that real? Yeah. And you will have to answer no, no, and it will chip away at your spirit. I, I do not care. I do no, not care Zach about that has question. a different angle because Zach's car has primer on it. No yeah. one is confused about that. And you but can the other drive ones, the shit out of it. But you don't want to buy the Ferrari with the smaller engine because no. that, you'll say no to the question people want to ask. Christian, I know you're um, remaining quarantined, but do you want to plug anything? Your website? Um, yeah, if you go on the sessiononair.com, I have uh, links up there to uh, the radio show segment, which is the 20-minute thing that I do on KLOS every Monday morning at 9 in the morning when I start work again. Uh, there's also uh, a link to uh, an, my old podcast called Man vs. Radio, which is the protracted sound of me having a long nervous breakdown um, playing a bunch of music that you've never heard and then i have a new podcast that i'm doing for the odyssey headphone guys called music for the headphone people where uh you know you can't play music legally on a podcast uh that's copywritten as we've talked about but what i could do is i play a bunch of music that i produced and tell the story of the bands and it's all really great stuff because i've worked with some really talented people so the music for the headphone people podcast is up there you can find me on Instagram at King Trot, uh, on Facebook, uh, Christian James Hand, but don't come there unless you're ready for a lot of liberal bullshit, because <laughs> you're going to get a lot of liberal bullshit. That's okay. You're allowed. And then hopefully pretty soon we'll be back in New York at NoHo Sound with those guys who are just amazing uh, doing sessions there. I'm going to go back to Chicago and San Francisco, so you can also join the email list, which will notify you when we finally get out and we start doing shows again. And I can't fucking wait, to be honest with you. And if you follow Christian on Instagram and you message him really nicely, he will send you the link to the Deep Cuts, the back catalog. The back catalog, which cannot be published for no. obvious reasons, but which can be shared on an individual level. Cool. Yes. Um, thanks for phoning in, dude. I appreciate you. Thank you so you. much for having me. I appreciate you as a friend, and I appreciate Likewise. you as content. <laughs> I miss you guys so much, man. I can't tell you. Uh, the Lamborghini is waiting, sir. Can't wait. I know. Uh, as soon as as soon as we can uh, we can do things again, we will do the things, and uh, I'll call you later. All right, give my love to the cats and to Hannah. Gentlemen, I love all three of you equally. Thank you, sir. Uh, We miss you, too. Be safe. Wash your hands. See you all later. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We are, uh, we are, are we recording rest this week? We have, do we have Yeah, we have, um, Oh, it's Monday. We've got Taro on Wednesday, for the live folks, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. We've got Taro Koki. He's from GT Channel here in California, but he also was an executive producer on Best Motoring, which is one of my favorite car shows uh, in history. Yeah. 
Japanese dudes racing press cars. What is not to like, folks? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Guys screaming at each other in Japanese, wearing fire suits and no helmets, racing press cars. And, I, and the honesty <laughs> they have, they, they go to an aquarium, one guy just goes, uh, very slow and soft. And then the other guy's in like a 355 and he's just screaming. There's a guy in a super who was like, oh, and then he, on the straightaway he goes, oh, good power though. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> so no, good. it's a fucking great show. So Taro's going to be Wednesday uh, the 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks, Christian. Talk to you soon, Thank buddy. You. The Smoke Tire family that's listening. Adios. Of course, buddy. The Smoke Tire podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a connection to the internet, and ideally something to say. Goodbye, everybody.